Everybody knows the deal is rotten. Old Black Joe's still picking cotton for your ribbons and bows. Everybody knows that the dice are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Welcome to the Lifeboat Hour, Friday, September 18. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for being with us. As the realities of abrupt climate change continue to pile up, and this week's Wildfires in California have devastated millions of acres. And Scientific American tells us that a melting Antarctica could drown coasts much sooner than we thought. Fires ravaging some parts of the globe and floods inundating other parts. Some would say, but it's always been that way. Well, yes, but never, ever to the extent we're seeing in the moment. And my guest today is going to explain a bit about what's going on and tell us about her most current research, which is quite revealing. But before we get into the show, I want to announce that the Lifeboat Hour is moving to a new time, well, actually back to its old time on Sunday night, but it will not be live. So beginning Sunday, September 27, the Lifeboat Hour will air at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific. I'm very happy about this new time because it gives us the opportunity to pre-record the show and work out any technological glitches that might rear their ugly little heads. And I'm aware that Extinction Radio is also aired on Sunday nights, but this is why podcasts were invented, and with the airing of both shows on the same night... I imagine that both audiences are going to feel very nourished and full and happy with the possibility of options. So I'll be announcing this change on Facebook, and listeners do spread the news far and wide. So break out the champagne. This is our last live show. As always, uh, we take calls on this show, and the number is today what it's always been, 888-874-4888. And we'd really like you to call us today with a question or a comment. Now, you know, scientific research is often convoluted and difficult to decipher, which is why I wanted our guest to come on the show and clarify her climate research with us today. And you can ask her to further clarify anything you don't understand by calling into the show. Again, the number is 888-874-4888. My guest is Jennifer Hines, who was on this show back in July talking about her first edition of a video entitled The Arctic Methane Monster. And since Jennifer produced that video last year, she's produced a new one entitled Methane Monster 2, The Demise of the Arctic. Jennifer Hines is an avid climate researcher, climate change researcher, an environmental activist, a student of Buddhism and Eastern spirituality, and a senior IT professional. She's the daughter of a foreign service officer. She grew up overseas in Southeast Asia, specifically Laos and Ghana in West Africa, and was exposed to indigenous cultures from an early age. Now, this early exposure to culture in the developing world led to a deep interest in world affairs as well as Eastern spirituality. 
Jennifer feels a deep sense of urgency about global warming and climate change and has studied it as a layperson for 10 years. In July 2014, she developed a succinct presentation outlining the methane threat we face in our next chapter of life on Earth. Her first video, The Arctic Methane Monster's Rapid Rise, has gone viral on the Internet and has really served to educate people around the world about the threat of near-term human extinction. Jennifer's continuing personal journey is one of uniting scientific discovery with the transformation of consciousness and how to find balance in its coming chaos. Jennifer's also a friend and a fellow resident of our favorite hometown, Boulder, Colorado. Welcome back to the Lifeboat Hour, Jennifer. Hey, Carolyn. How are you? So nice to be back here again. I'm really honored. Well, I'm so glad to have you back. And naturally, uh, my first question for you is, what are the differences between Arctic Methane Monsters Rapid Rise and the second version that you've produced, which you're calling The Demise of the Arctic? It is an entirely different type of presentation. It's all grown up. The first one was um, something that I put together quite quickly, and we can talk about that a little later. But this one, it's um, much more detailed. First of all, it's much longer. It's two hours and 40-some minutes. I noticed that. (laughs) (laughs) It takes a while to get through. And, you know, people would say, well, you know, you'd never get that thing made in Hollywood. You can't just put out a presentation that's two hours and 40 minutes, right? But I had to because I wanted to cover in depth all the feedback loops that I could manage and illustrate them and really kind of put some imagery around them and some analogies so people could understand them. So consequently, Consequently, it's very much more detailed. It's a lot more referenced, and uh, that's thank you, Guy McPherson, for bringing that and as well, it's more supported. We've got a lot more team on board, and it's it's a very graphic and animated presentation. As well, I went into a lot more detail about methane. I, I really took a deep dive into methane, and this time I really knew that I had an audience. You know, the first time through with the Arctic Methane Monsters Rapid Rise, I thought, well, you know, I mean, we're making this for a tipping point forum. There might be 60 or 70 viewers. I didn't know it would go viral. It never was my intent, you know. But um, climate change is really, really taking off, and this is a, a big issue. So this time, in order to cover what I really wanted to cover, there are 287 images, and I even broke it into three parts so people could take breaks because it's really a whole lot to, to take on board. And I've talked, I've kind of expanded what I've been talking about. I I got into quite a bit jet streams and ocean currents and earthquakes and weather and population, water quality. I got into more than methane because you can't really just look at methane. It really is connected to everything else. So I, I started bringing in, you know, a lot more things into it. And I had a lot more helpers this time, and that helped so much. But, you know, the thing is, Carolyn, we are in an emergency situation, and it's being made clear, you know, by the weather and by everything that we can see around us and the un- 
unfolding uh, story in, in the breakdown of our ecosystem. You know, no less than James Hansen has said, we are in an emergency situation. So with all that, I had to make a complex uh, presentation, and, and I did, and I tried to make it as, as easy to understand as I could. Yeah, and you know the thing about that is that um, that in these days, uh, until people are really slammed by the emergency, uh, you know they might they might look at this and go, oh, "This is too long. I'm not going to watch this." But as things worsen, uh, which they can only do, um, you know, I think more people will be really interested in what is really going on behind all this and what's the science. So, you know, thank you for making it. I'd like to say my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your struggle and your tearing your hair out, right? <laughs> well, um, you know, it put me through a lot. You know, I mean, making this presentation—it's not like Disneyland, right? I mean, there are a lot. There's a lot of information to get through, but it's not make believe. This is real. And when I was first requested to make the second update by Guy McPherson many, many, many months ago. I initially really resisted it um, because I knew that this was going to be difficult material to get through, and I knew how much worse the situation had gotten, and I actually avoided it um, for a long time. And I always said, well, I'll never make another presentation, but then Guy kind of threw down the gauntlet, right. and I had to because you just can't walk away from that. So I, even though I avoided it for a long time because I knew I'd have to go into an emotional hole to make it, there's just no way to get through it. And the whole time I was making it, I mourned the earth because I could feel every single thing happening. So it was a very hard thing for me to make because it's not like making a presentation about clocks, you know, this is about our earth, about our life. Yeah. And I just didn't want to engage in it. So it wasn't really until like June that I sunk my teeth into it. And once I got some traction in it, then I started really delving into it. And then it became part of my life. But before then, I was really keeping it more than at arm's length because I just couldn't bear to engage with this material of demise. Again, it's very difficult. But well, once but I engaged in it, I, I just went through and I just started doing it. And it all became clear what needed to be talked about. Well, that leads me, of course, to the next question, uh, you know, because you say that you've had a lot of emotional reaction to making the second video. So I'd like you to talk about that. You mentioned mourning for the earth, but, you know, tell us more. It, it's really hard because the thing is when you have to kind of pull these, you know, a lot of this comes from lots of articles that are coming out, new research that's coming out, news on the Arctic news blogspot, Robert, Robert Scribbler, you know, take your pick climate state, you have to pull it through your brain. You have to pull it through your body. And as I was pulling all this energy through my body and all this news through my body and kind of really understanding it and taking it on board at a deeper and deeper level, I came to the understanding that we're in the final phase. I mean, I knew it. I, it's, it's, you know things on different levels. You know you know them again and again and again on deeper and deeper levels. But with the making of this presentation, I really, you know, it all kind of came together in one crystallized, massive, you know, um, thought, and that is that we are in the last days of our lives on Earth. And even though it doesn't look bad, 
right now. I mean, you know, it, it looks so pretty outside still. The thing is, you have to understand the trends and the analysis and, and where we're going and trajectories and polynomial trend lines. And then you really understand, you, you put it all on board, and it's so devastating because we have such a unique and beautiful planet, and the whole thing is melting down. The whole thing, it's just going to implode, and it's going to get faster. And in fact, you know, we're, we're moving into this extinction at really lightning speed. I mean, this is nothing, com- you know, the, the Permian mass extinction was nothing compared to what we're doing now and, and the meltdown of like 13,000, 14,000 years ago that started at the end of the last ice age. Nothing compared to what we're in now. We have put so much carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, it's just causing one chain reaction after the other. So this was hard for me to get through because <clears throat> I had to feel it and I had to understand it, and I had to look demise square in the face and just say, okay, I'm going to do this, and I did. So oh, actually, the, 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 the net net, Carolyn, if you want to know, I feel much better now. <laughs> oh, I, I don't doubt that. Yeah, Everybody I, else probably feels a lot worse, but yeah. um, I'm, I don't have to carry this crystallized, you know, mm-hmm vision of of the earth constantly in my mind until I get it out. It was quite a responsibility. (laughs) Oh, indeed, it absolutely is. And I just have to say, you know, I remember a couple of years ago uh, when we were sitting together in our near-term extinction support group or, you know, some people call it, um, what do we call it, Uh, growing resilience, Um, was sitting together in that support group and you had just come back from England and flew over Greenland and and you were just devastated with what you saw and then it led to arctic methane monster and then it's led to this and and i'm not surprised that you feel better after doing it (laughs) it's a birth really was a birth yeah it was yeah yeah and i do i feel a lot better because the the weight of the responsibility was immense because I knew that this information needed to get out there in one consolidated lump, which I I did. But at the same time, you know, I'm not a climate scientist. I'm, I'm a lay person. I'm an IT professional. I'm just, all I happened to do was like delve in and figure it out and, and stuff. But, you know, I just, feel a lot better that I don't have to carry that responsibility every single day on my shoulders till I got it out. Well, I think this is really good uh, instruction and and support for other folks who are carrying the responsibility and that maybe some act of creativity or some act of service um, such as such as you have done in this in this pre, the two presentations, um, you know, kind of allows us to not have to carry all of that and kind of share the weight of it. Um, at the same time that we open people's eyes, you know, and that we kind of grab people by the collar and shake them with this information, don't you think? Yes, I I absolutely do. And I encourage anybody who has like feelings with inside inside their soul, inside their being, you know, that they have to share. You know, what it happens with activists, I found out. I didn't know I was an activist, by the way, Carol it was a big surprise to me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but once I got started I just you just couldn't shut me up because it is it comes from a deeper place of a pro- than a project. It's not like a project. It's like a a Dharma project. Dharma yeah. is like your soul's duty. And I had 
felt very strongly that this was a Dharma project, something I needed to do, and I believe I'm going to keep making videos as well. Well, good on you because we need it. We really do need it. We we need this kind of meticulous research uh, being presented to us in, in this beautiful way that you do it. So um, I want to ask you, what is the story behind making this particular video? Why, why did you make it besides what you've already told us? <laughs> Absolutely. I'll give you a little background on that. When I first did the Arctic Methane Monsters Rapid Rise for Coralite for their tipping point form, I was just doing a piece of work. You know, I mean, a very important piece of work, but it was for a small audience. I think that day there were like 40 people on mm-hmm. the phone, which, you know, not too hard to speak in front of 40 people. I had no idea it would take off. I thought, well, maybe people get the replays or something like that. But I'm so fortunate that I got to come back and do this a second time and do it right because there's so many more things I wanted to do when I went back the second time. And also, this time I knew I had a predisposed audience that needed this information. And the thing is, I don't need to do this for money, and I don't do it for money. I never will do it for money. I have a good income, and, you know, I have a brain that can figure things out, so I can just go ahead and do this, and I never tried to build a following either. I'm just trying to be of service. So this time, I've gone in much, much bigger, and Guy McPherson really was the one who encouraged me to do this. Um, Via Malaty, who was visiting him at the time, who I'll speak about later, um, Guy McPherson reached out and asked for an update, and I initially turned it down because it just seemed to be a bit too much. And he had all, all, already asked me for references, which I was sweating about because I didn't know how to go back and retrace my steps because I hadn't <laughs> kept track of where I had been in the first interview or the first uh, video. But it was Guy who initially uh, requested it. And then the word kind of got out, and all of a sudden I had people who were interested and um, – you know, there were there were other people who showed up, and I'd like to first of all mention Kevin Lister of the UK. Kevin Lister has written a book called Vortex of Violence, uh, Why We're Losing the Battle on Climate Change, and he sent me his slide deck that outlined the principles on vortex um, of violence, and I also read his book. So that kind of gave me some kind of traction place to start. So once now, I got now Kevin's that's Kevin deck, Lister as opposed to Kevin Hester, correct? Yes, Kevin Lister, L-I-S-T-E-R. He's in the okay. U.K. Right, okay. And yeah, we will ahead. speak about, about Kevin Hester. Um, Sam Carana, of course, has made gigantic contributions in this area. And Guy McPherson has ceaselessly made huge efforts to publicize this and to educate people around the world. So I just kind of stepped up. And once I stepped up, I had a team almost instantly. Uh, Kevin Lister was supportive with the slide deck. Uh, Kevin Hester is a very good friend of mine um, on Facebook, whom I'm going to go see in New Zealand in February, as well There were other people that stood up as well. David Korn, K-O-R-N, has been just absolutely amazing. He's in um, Tacoma outside of Seattle, and he engaged me at the beginning of this year and said that he needed to talk to me. And I said, sure, fine, you know, whenever you have time. And I was kind of casual about it, and he said, 
no, this is the most important thing I'll do this year. And I was like, what the heck? You know, and I'm like, well, you meet all kinds of people on Facebook. You never know. And um, But he's an intuitive, and he's been coaching me um, and helping me to kind of get organized and get a web presence together and, you know, kind of how to handle a lot of things. Because I was really a newbie. I had no idea what I was doing. I've never given a talk in public before, ever. So he really kind of dusted me off and took me to my debutante ball, I say. <laughs> he's, he's created an incredible website for me, and uh, it's called jenniferhines99.wordpress.com, and it's easy to find. All of the engagements and all of the interviews are there. But in addition, Malati Drew also showed up, and she was very helpful, very supportive, and she um, transcribed the uh, Demise of the Arctic presentation, which, you know, try, try transcribing two hours and 40 minutes of talking. <laughs> it came out to be 43 typed pages, 22,000 words. But as well, it's even more stunning, Carolyn, the uh, transcript that she published is now being translated into German and Spanish and Italian, and I believe that they're planning on republishing the video with those subtitles um, down below so people in other countries can see it. Wow, you know, that's worked amazing. really, really hard, and yeah. I'm just so glad about it. As well, David Korn has um, published all of the slides, so... If you go to my website, jenniferhines99.wordpress.com, you can find the entire slide deck, including the references in the notes section of where I got my information, and you can play it. And it's the full animated version that you see on the, um, on, on the presentation. So a lot of big things are, are going on right now, Carolyn. Well, good for you. I'm so happy for you. And, you know, the topics that we're talking about today are difficult to wrap our heads around, obviously, and they certainly evoke challenging feelings. Um, sometimes we need a break from this kind of conversation, and we need to turn to a piece of music. So, Jennifer, you suggested uh, the particular piece of music that we're going to play, Southern Cross by Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Let's listen. Could we have the audio, please? <laughs> Looks like the audio is down. Okay, oh, here we go. Okay. Got out of town on a boat from the southern islands. Sailing the reach for a following sea. She was making for the trades outside and the downhill run to Papa Ete off the wind on this heading line the Marquesas you got 80 feet of a waterline nicely making way in a noisy bar in Avalon trying to call you but on a midnight watch I realized why twice you ran away? Think about, think about how many times I've had fun. 
Southern Cross by Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and this is the Lifeboat Hour. I'm your host, Carolyn Baker, and today I'm talking with Jennifer Hines, creator of the phenomenal video presentation, The Arctic Methane Monsters Rapid Rise, last year, and a new video presentation created this year entitled The Demise of the Arctic. And remember that if you have a question for Jennifer or me, you can call us at 888-874-4888. We'd love to hear from you. And I just have to ask you, Jennifer, uh, why you picked that particular piece? Well, I'm, I've always loved Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. You know, I Me guess at heart I'm kind of a 70s chick, and I probably always will be. <laughs> and also, I'm going to New Zealand, and that's about the Southern Cross, and it's a big yeah. celebration. And there's some words in there that just speak to me and some feelings that speak to me, so I hope everybody enjoyed that. Yeah, I certainly did. Um, thank you for choosing that piece. I love them as well because I'm a 60s chick, and you know how that goes. 
Yeah. Um, so anyway, Jennifer, um, I'm a, I'm very aware that you and I walk a spiritual path, and that's not a statement of superiority or judgment of those who don't. But as you know, for the last decade, my work has been focused on emotional and spiritual preparation for a planetary unraveling. And I know that you have found a tremendous integration in your life with science and consciousness. So one organization that we've both been involved with is a group called Corelite, founded by Leslie Temple Thurston and Brad Laughlin, both of whom are very aware of the collapse of industrial civilization and catastrophic climate change. And you actually created the Arctic Methane Monster video presentation for a Corelite webinar um, that I attended last year. And I'm wondering what Corelite's role has been in the making of the demise of the Arctic. Well, you know what, Carolyn? One thing's connected to another. Nothing exists in isolation, right? Right. And without Corelite, the first video never would have been made. And in addition, I'd like to kind of highlight Corelite's role and kind of what they think about and what they do. By the mm-hmm. way, their site is Corelite, C-O-R-E-L-I-G-H-T dot org. And they are a, I would call them a spiritual think tank, spiritual yeah. processing think tank looking deep at the human shadow. They try and process all things about the human shadow, turn it around, look at it, you know, resolve it, you know, take it on board, really look at the deepest shadows that are happening on Earth. And to this end, they created quite a few webinars that I was on prior to the Tipping Point Forum, a year-long forum that they had in 2014. Um, So like prior to the Tipping Point Forum, they had a whole bunch of other forums like economy to ecology, uh, money to love, from entitlement to enlightenment, and from apathy to empathy. And it actually was on the apathy to empathy webinar series that I I learned about you, Carolyn, in your work. And that's when I kind of looped you into it. Yeah. Yeah, But what we learn by processing our human shadow is compassion. We learn about true compassion and loving each other in the midst of the darkest of the dark, you know, and that is what we we do with with Corelite. And in fact, for the second presentation, um, The Demise of the Arctic, I had um, Leslie Temple Thurston, Brad Laughlin, and Victoria Moore, who's of emanation of presence, all three of them were on the telephone with me as I went through that presentation, and they were meditating and holding space for me so I could just very easily and calmly and clearly, you know, have somebody, first of all, to talk to, right? Don't want to talk to a computer, want to talk to a real person. And, you know, it gave me a space to calmly discuss these things. And Corelight has been absolutely pivotal, and they, they also let me use their facilities for getting it recorded. Wow. Well, you know, I, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to inject something here that I wasn't planning to inject in this show. But since you're talking about it so so clearly and and you're putting it out there so much, um, I just want to mention a new book that I have coming out next month called um, the The Human Shadow and the Global Crisis. And the and that's actually the subtitle. The full title is Dark Gold. Dark Gold, The Human Shadow, and the Global Crisis. And, um, you know, this is a book of information, but also a book of tools. 
Um, you know, and, and some of the tools that are incorporated do come from Leslie and Brad and Corelight, um, in which people can actually consciously work on their personal shadow. You know, we have a personal shadow and we have a collective shadow. Um, you know, we can't, we can't as individuals change the collective shadow, but we can certainly work on our own. Um, the foreword of this book is by Andrew Harvey. Actually, Andrew asked me to write the book uh, because he's very passionate, as you and I are, about how desperately we need to heal the shadow because the shadow, you know, that, that part of ourselves that is unconscious, that, you know, brings all this garbage forth and then we act it out because it's not conscious, because it's not in our conscious awareness, um, how we can heal that, how we can transform that and how we can make a difference in at least our own little worlds, if not in the larger picture. So, um, so great, I, Carolyn. I'm so excited about this new book that you're writing. I hadn't known about it, and it sounds fabulous and so timely. I'm so glad that Andrew asked you. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'll be publicizing it on Facebook and in other places very soon because it should be released next month. Um, so I, I just wanted to throw that in because, uh, you know, we're we're really on the same page here with what we're talking about. Absolutely. So, and I'd like to talk about paying a price. You know, I mean, we've we've all paid a price. I mean, you know, here we are on the same radio show that Michael Rupert had, yes. and he gave yes. his life. What price did he pay to look at this darkness? It's not an easy thing to look at, you know. And what price have you paid, Carolyn? You, you've looked at this. You know, and what price have I paid? What price have all of us paid? You know, if any of us here are talking about this at all, it's because we're standing on the shoulders of giants and we stand on the shoulders of others who've gone before them. I stand on the shoulders of Michael Rupert and Guy McPherson and all the people who've been really working hard. I'd also like to acknowledge Robin Westenra of New Zealand. He's just been so fabulous, hasn't he? And Kevin Hester of New Zealand as well. The New Zealand team is just rocking it. They're just amazing. I can't wait to meet them, actually. But, you know, we all pay a price to look at the shadow. You know, it's it's not an easy thing to get through because you have to look at your own physical demise and the demise of everything that you know. It's hard. One of the books that Andrew and I are talking about writing next is Radical Joy in the Age of Despair. And, yes, it's going to be a book about joy, but we're also going to be talking about how you can't have deep, meaningful, heartfelt joy in the depths of your soul that goes down to your toes without paying this price, without being willing to do the hard shadow work. Um, and, and you and I, you know, we're, we're standing on the shoulders of giants, and hopefully other people can be standing on our shoulders, that we can leave a legacy uh, Absolutely. Worth, Nothing would make me happier <laughs> than if the awareness would just blossom out. You know, not that I, I mean, it's not that I like spreading bad news, right? I mean, right, I know right. that Guy has gotten a lot of flack for spe- spreading, quote, bad news. Like, what's the use? If it's just bad news, why look at it? Well, why look at it, right, Carolyn? Our mother has cancer. We're going to die because we're part of our mother. It has to be looked at, don't you think? Well, not only does it have to be, it, it's, it's like um, it's what our lives are all about. 
You know, our lives are not about going around and being happy all the time. Our lives should be, must be, if we're going to find any meaning and purpose in them, uh, about looking at what is so. And all of these terrible tragedies and this dark news can be doorways to transformation of consciousness. And I don't know about you, but that's why I'm here. That's, that's why, why I'm here up too, Carolyn. Me too. I, I, consciousness has fascinated me from the time I was a teenager, and I just can't stop delving into it because I know this world is such a mysterious place. There's so much more than the physical, and if people would look, they would see there are many, many dimensions of consciousness and realities, you know. And it's not just that those dimensions exist, but that if we can have a relationship with them, if we can connect with them and utilize them, um, then we can be different people. And that's what it's all about is can, you know, who do I want to be in the face of this planetary meltdown? Who am, who am I being called to be and what am I being called to do? That's the bottom line for me, and I, I suspect it is for you as well. It so is, Carolyn. It's like, who do I want to be? Well, I, I almost don't have a choice at this point because whoever I want to be, it's coming out of me whether I resist yeah. it or not. So I just have to kind of get out of the way. That's been the biggest chore for me is just get out of the way yep. so I can do the work. And so consequently, when I started going into the Methane Monster 2, Demise of the Arctic, so many other things started coming in, right? So we start talking about, you know, sustainability. We start talking about rising oceans and water, habitat, ocean, acidification. You know, there's so many things to talk about now besides methane. You know, population. You know, Paul right. Ehrlich is an amazing man. You know, oh, Lester yeah. Brown. And, and I'm trying to bring in as many good books and resources as I can. So I'm not really, it's not really about the subject itself, but it's really also a reference material. Like it's pointing, you know, check this yeah. out, check this out, check these people out, check right, this book right. out. Well, yeah. you know, folks listening in, uh, you know, if you want to join the rant that uh, Jennifer and I are on right now, because we are in a roll, uh, you know, <laughs> I'd love to have you call us at 888-874-4888. And Jennifer, um, I'm wondering if you can summarize how the climate has unraveled between the Arctic methane monster, uh, that first presentation, and your recent production of The Demise of the Arctic. Oh, yeah. The climate is continuing to to degrade and the Arctic is continuing to um, unravel. I guess one of the bigger surprises is the public perception. So, um, you know, a year ago, and it's really not that long ago, right? Just a year ago, it really wasn't much of a known issue. And methane wasn't out in the news hardly at all. I mean, you could find it in some alternative rags like maybe the Rolling Stones, Salon.com, Truth Dig, Truth Out, alternative publications, things like that. But then when it starts getting published in, like, normal places like the Tucson Weekly, <laughs> right. um, which it did, and I kind of showed that in the beginning of the presentation, you know that near-term human extinction has gone mainstream. Yeah. And the reason that human um, near-term human extinction is going mainstream is the climate will not allow the deniers to keep the lid on this forever because the climate is speaking our environment is speaking and we can see you know what's really most notable it's, 
Yes, things are happening in the Arctic, and the ice is getting a lot thinner, and yes, the methane is coming out. But have you noticed the deluges and the weather oh, lately? Oh, God, yes, yes. Have you noticed how oh, these yeah. deluges are just hitting? So, you know, when people want to look at the Arctic, they have to understand the Arctic is the crown of our world. It's the skull cap of our world. Two plates come together in the Arctic, and it is speaking, and it is getting, like the ice up there is getting very, very thin, and I don't expect it'll last too much longer, maybe another couple of years. I mean, who knows? It'll melt whenever it melts, but it's melting. There's no, no question about it. But the thing is, the Arctic is attached you know, to all these other ecosystems. It's attached to the permafrost. Oh, my God, the permafrost is so huge. And the permafrost is starting to melt, and it's going to become permamush. Right. And when it becomes permamush, like, um, if you watch the presentation, you'll notice I feature some methane blowholes up in Siberia. They're very dramatic, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, why would why would these massive, you know, 60, 70, 80-meter-wide craters, you know, explode with such unimaginable force, you know, a couple hundred feet deep, right? Why would this happen? Well, people have to understand when methane thaws, it just gets bigger. It gets bigger by 164 times. That's the conversion ratio for one liter of frozen methane to one liter or, um, you know, the equivalent, it would be 164 liters of, of, you know. So when that thaws, think of it, you know, it comes out and all of a sudden you've got something that's 100 times bigger than it was before and there's a whole lot of it. Of course, it's going to explode. It's going to come out. And so you see these Siberian blowholes kind of coming up all over mm, the place. And they're yeah. just stunning. But that's just yet another indication that this is quickly unraveling. But I think the biggest thing that we're going to be noticing, I think we're going to be noticing earthquakes. Earthquakes mm -hmm. are on the rise. The reason earthquakes are on the rise, well, who knows? But one thing is isostatic rebound because all this ice is melting from the continents, right? Greenland has ice melting. Antarctica has ice melting. But Greenland especially is our biggest ice melter right now. And as the, the land mass of Greenland gets um, lighter as the ice comes off, well, the lip kind of lifts up a little bit around the edge, and you can see a lot more earthquakes starting to happen. But worldwide, earthquakes are on the increase. Well, look at yesterday. Was it just yesterday or the day before, Carolyn, when we had an 8.3 in Chile, right? Right, exactly. Yes. And I then mean, we had the tsunami ripples that went onto the Pacific, and they were thinking maybe it was going to come up the California coast or go to Hawaii, which fortunately it didn't. But that was a big one. Yeah, it was huge. And these I, I've just noticed that more and more earthquakes are are happening over time. And if you check it out, you can see that over time it is actually true. It's not really our imagination. More earthquakes are happening now. We are on a polynomial trend line going up. So we're exponentiating in earthquakes. As well, we're exponentiating, uh, exponentiating in volcanoes. Um, I don't know mm -hmm. if you knew that, but... You know, we had five volcanoes erupt in one day in Indonesia uh, a couple of months ago, and it's pretty stunning, you know, when these yes. things start to happen. Yes. Very dramatic. 
Yeah, um, I just saw a headline a moment ago on, um, I forget what website, but it was one of the big ones, um, you know, that the California drought is going to just become, you know, the whole United States is going to eventually be experiencing what we're experiencing in the West. And, you know, they're predicting a 10-year mega drought for the nation, for the nation. Oh, that's devastating. And I would like to say to everybody in California, my heart goes out to you in California. I'm from California. I love California. I can't stand what's happening with the climate. And I'm so sorry about the drought. You know, it's it's just terrible. I, I hope I know they've gotten a little relief lately in San Diego. Did you see that? Uh, yes, they had a, a little bit of rain, quite a lot of rain actually, and it was deluge. Good for them. Yeah, yeah, and uh, unfortunately, that doesn't cure it. And unfortunately, a lot of people in California uh, who don't want to really face the reality of what's happening are saying, well, El Nino's coming and everything's Mm going to be fine. Well, El Nino may or may not come, and then if it does come, you don't know what El Nino is going to do. El Nino could be so severe, uh, so deluging that, uh, you know, you you wish you hadn't wished for it. Mm. Oh, my goodness. You bring up a really big topic. We need to talk about this, El Nino. And we also need to talk about the blob. So the blob is, um, there are a couple of areas of very hot ocean water off the coast of California and, and Washington, Oregon, and under Alaska. That whole area has gotten super, super hot, but it's creating a really high pressure zone. And what's happening, these El Nino storms are starting over in the uh, western Pacific, right over on the Japan side, but down by the equator. And they're coming across, and they're supposed to slam into California, and that's the El Nino. But they're not getting there. They're not getting there. Do you know where the the storms are forming? They're Mm -hmm. going along. We've got a whole, you know, it's like a, a bowling alley. We've got a whole bunch of, you know, storms all set up, one after the other, Typhoon City. But they're not hitting California. Mm-hmm. They're actually hitting that area of um, high pressure where the blob is. The blob is heating the, the right. air and the atmosphere. And they're actually being diverted mm-hmm. up between the Bering Street, uh, Strait, uh, between Alaska and uh, Siberia. And they're going up into the Arctic where they're definitely not needed, where they're tearing up the remainder of the ice causing havoc up there. They don't need storms in the Arctic. They need the storms in California, but the storms can't get there. Right. Now, I I have to ask you, um, how public perception has shifted since the Arctic methane monster, and and what has changed with humanity's awareness regarding methane, and what kind of coverage of this methane monster do you see in the news? Um, I... Well, the, the methane monster, uh, not so much yet. The, the actual presentation, I've done some web checks. It's really going more international. We've got a pretty mm-hmm. good clampdown of censorship here in the United States. Right. I hope it's not a big surprise to anybody. <laughs> right. Um, my website's being censored. There are a lot of things happening. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I just go with it. I don't care. If yeah. anyone listens to my calls, I don't care. I just, anything I say is for public consumption, including right. the NSA. I don't care. But um, in any case, public perception, I think that we're starting to get that wedge into the, um, the, the wood block. Don't you, Carolyn? I think that public perception is starting to shift. Do you think so? I, I do. I really do. Yeah. 
Now, what mm-hmm. people are actually going to do about it or, um, you know, how far mm-hmm. they're going to take that, you know, yeah. it, you know, I think overall Americans are very concerned about climate change, yeah. but where they're going to go with that, how f- much further, they're certainly not going to change their living arrangements until something comes along and wipes out their house, you know, yeah. prob- probably. Yeah, and of course it's the system, Carolyn. The system is corrupt. The system is rotten to the core. I mean, yeah. individuals, we can all try and do our very best, but, you know, the U.S. military uses up more and generates more greenhouse gases, you know, in one second than I do in my entire lifetime. That's really, right. it's the system. I mean, it's admirable when individuals go out and sacrifice. I think it's very admirable, but that's not where the problem lies. The problem lies in the system itself. And, of course, that is being controlled. And it makes me very angry, Carolyn. You know, I I saw an article recently where Donald Trump is saying, well, you know, climate change is not a big deal. There's no climate change. And I I put it on my Facebook, and I said, oh, really, Mr. Trump? Are you sure? You know, and we've had quite a discussion going on over there about this because, of course, you know, they're trying to keep the status quo and not admit that anything is happening. Good luck. Because it's not a pol- it's not a political matter, is it? No, this is not a political matter. This is actually a matter of reality, of ecosystem falling apart. Of you know, we think that we're somehow disconnected from planet Earth. We don't realize we ourselves are part of Earth. We are Earth, and if Earth goes down, we go down. We should look at these matters. You know. And well, there is one branch of government that is looking at climate change very seriously, and that's the Pentagon. Yes. Um, and, you know, the Pentagon, CIA, they're very much looking at uh, climate change because of the disruptive factor. Um, yes. you know, And what will happen in the society, um, you know, with all of this chaos. Um, and so I, I see that part of government very concerned. What do you think? Oh, most, most definitely. I've seen a lot of um, YouTube videos that have been put on by, like, the Navy and, you know, the government and things like that talking about climate change. And, yeah, they know it's happening as well. NASA knows very well it's happening as well. Cape Canaveral, where NASA does all of its, you know, launches, well, some of them anyway, is going to go underwater. That thing is at sea level, and it's in Florida, and sea level Mm -hmm. is exponentiating as well, isn't it? Right, right, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, tell me about any plans that you might have for more presentations anytime soon. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to. So, you know, I've been thinking about things lately, and um, I'm thinking there's so many more things to talk about than methane. Methane was a big enough deal to mm-hmm. kind of make the big, you know, but we need to talk about um, population. Yes. We need to talk about the stock market. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about militarization. We need to talk about totalitar- totalitarianism. And we need to talk about the oceans. I think you could have a whole presentation, you know, eight hours long on the well, oceans. I think that's a really good idea because, you know, the headlines this week have been um, we're just about a thread away from the collapse of all of the oceans. Oh, my God, it's horrible, and it's like nobody is seeing it. Nobody is watching. It's out of the news. The oceans cover 70% of the surface, and we get half of our oxygen from the phytoplankton. There's not, 
even 50% of the phytoplankton left anymore. Right, right. It's uh, scary what's happening. And the thing is, Carolyn, this is just the beginning. And the longer people don't look at it, which we'll see how long they can do it at a mass level, um, the worse and worse and worse it's going to be. And pretty soon it's just going to be our new normal and people are going to be like brainwashed. And they're going to say, oh, yeah. new normal. Did you see, you know, blah, blah, got flooded or this one had a deluge? Yeah, it's the new normal. Ha ha. Was well, it really so funny? I don't think it's very funny. Mm. Well, you know, we could go on talking about um, the statistics and all of these these terrible things that are happening, predictions, stuff that's really coming true in front of our eyes. But I would like to go back to my part of the book that I wrote with Guy McPherson, Extinction Dialogues, How to Live with Death in Mind and also How to Live with Life in Mind. Um, And my continuing question, uh, is there life before death? You know, as we know all these things, how are we going to live? Mm -hmm. Um, Not just how are we going to live in terms of how do I change my living arrangements, but how am I going to, again, it comes back to who do I want to be? What kind of person do I want to be? How do I want to be in my relationships? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what gifts do I have to bring uh, to serve the world, to serve my community. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's my creativity going these days? All of this, you know, is yeah. is so... This is, this is what it's all about as far as I'm concerned. It is. You, you've hit the nail on the head. Because, you know, people are like, yeah, I get all that. I understand, you know, our ecosystem's falling apart. I understand that, you know, temperatures are going to go up 10 degrees or whatever it's going to be. I understand that we're in the process of demise. I don't need any more information. I've got it. What I really want is I want to process this. I want to take my guidance. I want to kind of, you know, get good with myself, find out who I am and what I'm supposed to do. Do I have a role in this? As the earth is falling apart, as as we're going to see, like, trauma that we've never seen before, you know? I mean, people say, oh, yeah, well, you know, human beings have always had challenges and we just deal with, you know, this challenge. It's no different. No, it is different. I, yeah. I'm sorry, I, I hate to disagree. This one is different. This one is definitely different. Yeah. This one is different. Yeah. It's not the same thing. And we all have to constantly kind of think, how does this make us feel, and who do we want to be as a result, and since this is, and I am very sure, Carolyn, that this is the final act. You know, since we're in kind of like wind down, what kind of person do you want to be for the rest of your life? Because I, like you, am, you know, not to, not to put out anything or, or, you know, upset anyone, but I also believe in life after death. I've studied consciousness a long, long time. I do not want to come, and even if I didn't believe in that, you know, I do not want to come to the end of my life and say, what could I have done better for our poor planet, our planet, guys, our planet, what, what could I have done better? What, what didn't I do? I wish I could have done this. You know, I don't want to have regrets. I want to go and live correctly and put out, you know, educational material and just help people as much as, as I can, as, as, you know, as it allows me to. 
Well, you know, Jennifer, this is exactly what I'm going to be talking about on my California tour. Um, I'm going to be in California, October, Northern California, October 23rd through 31st. I'll be in Sebastopol, Chico, Grass Valley, Nevada City. Um, also, uh, maybe spending some time in Hayward. I'm going to be with my team member, Peter Melton. And um, I know our focus is going to be on who do I want to be in the face of all these changes. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty much titling it um, Global Crisis as Spiritual Practice. Well, one thing I I have found, Carolyn, and you've probably found this to be true as well, when you do what your soul wants you to do, when you follow your deep inner guidance, Regardless of the physical situation happening around you, regardless of the fact that we are in the final, you know, we're, we're in the final showdown here, you get a great sense of peace. Absolutely. And inner peace is so necessary. Um, if you're going to work with this, you have to feel, I've done what I can and come to a sense of peace. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Jennifer Hines, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, It's been wonderful to talk with you, and I can't wait to see your next presentation. So thank you for for your work in the world. Oh, Carolyn, thank you so much for having me on today. It's been really entirely a great honor. I really appreciate you, and I love you too. Love you too, Jennifer, and I want to tell everybody one more time, beginning Sunday, September 27th, the Lifeboat Hour will air at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at PRN. Please join us then. Goodbye, everyone. Everybody knows the deal is rotten. Old Black Joe's still picking cotton for your ribbons and bows. Everybody knows that the dice are loaded Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed Everybody knows the war is over Everybody knows the good guys lost Everybody knows the fight was fixed The poor stay poor The rich get rich That's how it goes Everybody knows Everybody knows the boat is leaking Everybody knows the captain lied Everybody got this broken feeling Like their father or their dog just died Everybody knows